One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I'm Sadie Eck. And I am Courtney Eck. And it's Courtney's day to yes. tell us a terrible story. It sure is. And I am coming to you live from Clint and Lee Kyle's Airstream in New Orleans, Louisiana. And real quick, before we get started, I will keep this very brief because we keep the banter at the back, but I want to introduce my co-host for the day. Our try, we have a tri-host. I am in the Airstream with the gecko that I found in the yard yesterday. <laughs> His teeny little, tiny, slow, little, sweet, gentle gecko that was climbing up this spike cactus. Whoa. Climbed up to the top and was like cocking its head and listening to me as I was talking. And then I put my hand out and it just walked right into my hand. And You're kidding me. No. And it's going to freeze here over the next two days. And so I was like, I cannot leave this little gecko out in the yard. And of course, Clinton and Kyle immediately just pull out a fish tank like a lizard terrarium from one of their sheds i don't think he was looking for it he was just like oh what about this and oh so we put a bunch of sticks and driftwood from the mississippi river and leaves from their banana trees and shit in there and a terracotta dish with water and i dug up a bunch of grubs and worms <laughs> to simulate his environment he is furious with me about oh, it bet. and right now i can't see him because he's hiding because i tried to take a video and he was like fuck off <laughs> I've named him DeColdest Crawford after my favorite and a college football player. Oh. So DeColdest and I are chilling over here. He's furious about it. I promised him I would set him free in two days once it's not frozen anymore. But everyone say hi to DeColdest. He's hi, so DeColdest. cute. I'll post oh. a video of him. Okay. Anyway. This is not about DeColdest. He's also pissed because I'm eating leftover bibimbap for breakfast and it smells like kimchi in here. So I'm being that coworker. Mm. He's like, ugh, this, this girl is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this, you guys, this was a comment. Somebody commented on TikTok. I posted a video about Carrie Farver's case and said, whenever anyone asks me what the craziest case we've ever covered is, I always think of Carrie Farver first. And she was like, well... If you think that's crazy, you should read about the Pike County killing spree. And I was like, deal. And she was right. This case oh, is boy. bonkers. It's not as much twists and turns, but it's, 
I hope you got your panties drawstring pulled to the as tight as it'll go because everyone was wearing drawstring panties, right? Yeah. Cinch them up. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to lose them if you don't. This is the Pike County killing spree. So in 2016, the Roden family lived in Piketon in southern Ohio. And like many Midwestern families, multiple generations and multiple branches of the family all lived within very close proximity of each other. This is the region of Ohio that borders the Appalachian foothills and is mostly beautiful farmland. The Rodens were very well known and very well loved in the area. Quote, everyone knows that family. You can't not know that family, a friend said. They're involved in everything and they're at every event that's going on in town. Just about see them anywhere you went. So on Friday, April 22nd, a woman named Bobby Joe Manley and her friend Billy Morgan drove to the home of Chris Roden, also known as Chris Sr., who is the ex-husband of her sister. Even though the couple had split, the families remained close, and Bobby Joe had agreed to feed the family's animals and do some cleaning for them that morning. As soon as they arrived, they noticed that the family's dogs, which normally would have been inside if the family wasn't home, were outside in the yard. Chris's truck was also still in the driveway, but there was no sign of Chris. Upon further inspection, they found that his recliner had been moved from its usual location. There were vice grips on the ground and bunched up rugs and a streak of blood leading through the home. Mm -hmm. They followed the trail of blood to Chris's bedroom, where they found him and his cousin, Gary Roden, dead on the floor and partially covered with a comforter. No, thank you. No, thank you very much. They immediately called 911 to report that they'd found the men. After they called the police, they rushed next door to where Chris's son Frankie lived with his fiancée, Hannah Gilly, and their six-month-old son and Frankie's three-year-old son from a previous relationship. Very unfortunately, 20-year-old Frankie and 20-year-old Hannah had also been targeted and were found dead in their bed. <sighs> Mercifully, the children were alive and unharmed. So Bobby Joe called her brother James to tell him what she'd found. And immediately they started calling their sister, 37-year-old Dana Roden, who was the one who had been previously married to Chris. But they were unable to reach her. So James drove to her home to deliver the terrible news. Not only had she been married to Chris, they also shared a son and a daughter, 16-year-old Chris Jr. and 19-year-old Hannah Mae. The three of them had just moved into a new home that week, and Hannah Mae also had a two-year-old daughter named Sophie and a four-day-old baby girl. Oh, my God. Okay, so I need to b just back up a little bit because mm -hmm. it's a lot of people. I'll go over it a lot, but yes. Okay, ahead. so yeah. the people that are finding the victims... Are so one of them was married to one of the rodents, so her sister was so Dana and Bobby Joe are sisters, okay. Dana Roden and Dana was married to Chris, who she mm -hmm. found dead first. She went to Chris's house to feed his animals and do some cleaning. I'm assuming he, okay. she just worked for him and got there. He's dead, went next door because his son lived right walking distance right and then they're like well shit we need to call dana because dana 
and Chris were married okay. and had Chris Jr. and Hannah Mae. Okay. But Dana's not answering the phone. And so right. their brother, James, is going over there to tell her the terrible news. Okay. And so Dana lives in a trailer with her 16-year-old son, Chris, her 19-year-old daughter, Hannah, her two-year-old granddaughter, Sophie, and a four-day-old granddaughter. Yeah. So when James got to the home that Dana shared with her children and grandchildren, he knocked on the door and it immediately swung open, but no one responded to his calls. He went straight back through the trailer to her bedroom, which was dark, and he could tell that his sister was in her bed. Rather than make a gruesome discovery on his own, he drove home to get his wife so she could <sighs> help him check on the baby. No. And then flagged down some police officers as they drove by. When the officers entered the home, they found that Dana, Chris Jr., and Hannah Mae were all dead Jesus. and had all been shot at close range. Yeah. The baby was in the home but was completely unharmed. And Sophie had been at her father's home that night, so had avoided the massacre of her family. Oh, my God. Yeah. Other members of the Roden family, as well as their friends and community members, all started to gather at the local church as news spread of the murders of multiple members of the Roden family. They quickly realized that one family member, Kenneth Roden, and his son Luke were unaccounted for and not answering their calls. No. And so his cousin Donald drove to his home to check on him. Just like his family members, 44-year-old Kenneth had been shot to death in his home overnight, making him the eighth member of the family to be targeted and shot. I am speechless. Eight. Overnight. Eight members of one family. <sighs> yeah. That is some vengeance if I've ever heard it. Yeah. Yes. You couldn't even write a movie about it. Like, what's that? No, it's like a Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yep. Kill Honestly. style. Yes. And where we come from, there were definitely family rivalries and stuff, but my God. I mean, that is some shit, though. And this isn't even a children. family rivalry. <laughs> yeah. 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 So two of the homes of the targeted family members were within walking distance of each other. The third was just over a mile away, and the fourth was around a 10-minute drive from the others. It appeared that 40-year-old Chris Sr. had been shot at or near his front door and then dragged through the home to where he was found on his bedroom floor. Wow. Neither he nor his cousin, 38-year-old Gary, had defensive wounds and there wasn't any sign that they tried to run. And the wires to the motion detector camera system had been disconnected. All signs that they'd likely known their killer. Smudges of Gary's blood were also found on the garage door where the cameras were hooked up. So it seemed the killer had shot Chris Sr. and Gary and then gone into the garage to erase the footage of their arrival and disconnect the cameras. They also took the time to collect any visible bullet casings from the property. Officers were able to recover one from underneath the trailer. The door of Frankie and Hannah's home had been tampered with, but not opened. Mm -hmm. Somebody had obviously tried to pry it open, but was unable. 
and it appeared that they had been asleep when the killer entered the room and shot them several times while they slept. Multiple Remington brand bullets were found in the room near the bed and a live bullet near the bedroom door that was a different brand. And so more than one gun had been used and it was most likely that there had been more than one killer. Mm-hmm. In the home of Dana, Chris Jr. and Hannah May, there was no sign of forced entry and multiple pieces of potential evidence were found, but all of them seemed to belong to one of the members of the family. Meaning they found a random dollar bill outside and a cigarette butt and stuff like that, but they all were traced back to somebody who lived in the home. A bullet casing was found under the baby's crib in Hannah May's bedroom, and it was the same caliber of bullet that was used to kill Hannah and Frankie. So I'm calling her Hannah May because there's also Hannah and Frankie, and they don't Mm -hmm. come up very often in the story, but just to clarify that those are two different people. So just like Hannah and Frankie, it seemed that they'd all been shot multiple times while they slept. There was no sign of forced entry at Kenneth's home, and most of his surveillance cameras were also missing. They were able to collect enough shell casings to determine that three guns had been used to murder all eight family members. All of the cameras at a neighbor's property had also been stolen while he'd been away on vacation, so there was no footage of who entered the road leading to the family's properties that night. One piece of potentially helpful evidence was found of a footprint in the home where Chris Sr. and Gary were found, and it appeared to be from a pair of affordable Velcro-style shoes most commonly available at Walmart. And after scouring hours and hours of footage from the local Walmart, they learned that Dana Roden's father had purchased a pair of those shoes in a size 10 just a couple of months before the murders. <laughs> Can you imagine, though, to sit through that much? No. Security footage? No. That's Absolutely wild. Not. Yeah. Absolutely not. And just be like, what am I looking for? <laughs> Right. (laughs) So can you uh, pan to the Velcro shoe section of the Walmart? And you're like, well, it's pretty much all Velcro shoe section. So, right. Yeah. They were able to locate the pair of shoes that her father had purchased and quickly understood that they were not the same shoes they were looking for as the tread on the bottom had already been worn down by heavy use. And the shoes worn on the crime scene had been brand new based on the clarity of the tread in the prints. As police worked to try to find the persons responsible for the massacre of eight members of the Roden family, the rest of the family were terrified they were also being targeted and would be the next victims. Heck yeah. Right? And were suspicious of everyone they knew because the murderers obviously knew their family very well and had put a lot of pre-planning into carrying it out. Uh, And maybe I'm going to spoil something, but the idea that they didn't immediately know who might do this to them is kind of surprising to me. Yeah, no, they didn't. They didn't. (laughs) Wouldn't you think that, oh yeah, the one person that would want to kill eight of my family members is so-and-so. Yeah, like the Hatfields and the McCoys or something like, yeah, we've been feuding with these guys for 20 generations or whatever. Yeah. Our country's not that old, but we've been 20 (laughs) generations anyway. The human race is barely that old. Back to the Greek days. (laughs) (laughs) Roman Empire. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, 
one would think one would think that someone would know who would want to kill eight members of a family. It's just that it's so shocking. Yeah, especially in a small town like the town we come from. This is so reminiscent of that. Everyone's related to each other. Mm-hmm. Everyone's someone's cousin or you would be in class with someone and then there'd be like a, you're 10 and there's a seven year old and they'd be like, that's my uncle. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. That's this. And yeah, I would have known immediately who wanted to kill eight members of a family in our town if it ever happened for sure. Yeah. So local police urged the family to take precautions and arm themselves. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, Yeah. Strap in, guys. We're going to have your backs, but you're probably going to need guns. And also to be able to pull these murderers off without any sign that the people were aware that it was happening. Yeah. They knew how to get into the homes. And it's just, wow. That's so many people. Yeah. In one night. (sighs) No, thank you. So all of the local residents were urged to stay inside their homes on the following night and a task force of 100 members was formed as 25 sheriff's offices from around Ohio provided additional resources to the local police so they could unravel the enormous case. Four of the trailer homes were towed to a secure location in early May to ensure they wouldn't be contaminated and so they could be searched, and a command center was set up around them so that the task force could work from one central location. Wow, that's mm-hmm. convenient. I mean, it's a terrible thing to say that's convenient, but yeah, I never that these thought homes of- were mobile. I know, yeah, and they could just park them all in a warehouse. Yeah, detectives found a safe in Chris Senior's home that was full of guns and drugs, as well as three locations on his property, including a large outbuilding near his house that was being used to house more guns and also grow a ton of marijuana. They also found chickens and equipment commonly used in cockfighting rings. Mm. This, of course, led them to wonder if the murders had been a hit on the family by a rival drug operation, specifically a Mexican drug cartel, which they announced publicly. Oh, no. And word also got out that they had located a couple of stolen vehicles on the family's property, so this was the dominant local theory for the murders for months. And they're in Ohio. They're in Ohio, yes. Okay. Dana Roden's father publicly pushed back against this claim, specifically stating that Dana's dogs had been trained to protect the family and there was no sign that they had attacked the perpetrators, so were not alerted to any danger. He also pointed out that there hadn't been signs of forced entry at any of the crime scenes and claimed that Dana was not involved in the drug operation. Quote, they're trying to drag my daughter through the mud, and I don't appreciate that. Mm-hmm. On August 23rd, reports came out of another town in Ohio, about 100 miles away, that a well-known drug dealer and his girlfriend had been executed in their bed, and the children in the home were left unharmed, which led police to wonder if the cases were somehow connected. On September 28th, a local news station reported that they had been watching the warehouse where the trailers were being stored for six weeks and cited, quote, an absence of uniformed officers guarding the building, as well as a lack of security cameras and an unlocked open main gate. Mm. The lead detective on the case said the claims were, quote, ludicrous. And a local, and a local prosecutor said that if the reports were true, Quote, any evidence that they would pull out of that thing would be virtually useless. Mm-hmm. But they didn't really have any evidence. They didn't, there wasn't 
really anything available other than a few gun shell casings. Right. So police issued a statement in November of 2016 urging anyone who had any information regarding the case to please come forward and threatened to arrest anyone who knew something but was holding back, believing that people knew more than they were saying but were scared to speak up. Mm-hmm. After who several can months, blame them? I would be <laughs> terrified. Yes. Especially in this little small town. After several months of speculation of a Mexican cartel targeting the Roden family, police finally made a public announcement in the fall of 2016. Which also, can we just pause for a second and talk about how Midwestern that is? So Midwestern, (laughs) I know. It's immediately what I thought of. The idea that, yeah, that this drug cartel would bother to, or try even to come to Ohio and kill a whole family. Seriously. Okay, first of all, they're going to stick out like a sore thumb. Not that Mexican cartel members are all like, face tattoos and stuff. I imagine they're no, sophisticated enough that they still, wear, like, they can learn how to blend in. But yeah, A. And then B, this is also an area known for marijuana distribution and growing. And so what, I would just assume it was some other local family, not a Mexican drug cartel. Yeah, no, they have bigger fish to fry, I would assume. But it was also like CBS News. I found a bunch of articles about it immediately after the police mentioned it. It was all over the national news. I think Mexican drug cartel just sells better than like... The crime is so large and shocking that I can understand that feeling of it must be an organized crime group to do something this terrible. But it still feels like a really kind of silly theory. (laughs) Yes. It's a horrendous crime, but it also feels fake because it's so... Mm -hmm. It was so well orchestrated and yeah, yeah, overkill of a family. There's overkill of an individual. This is overkill of a family. After months of claiming it was a Mexican drug cartel targeting the Roden family, police made a public announcement in the fall of 2016 that they suspected the motive was most likely personal and not drug related. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Turns out that another local family, one that had close ties to the Rodens, had sold their large property in Piketon soon after the murders and had moved to Alaska after it became clear that the police had laser-focused in on them in their investigation. Quote, Really the point to moving up here was to basically get into a better environment so they wouldn't talk about us. Sophia is getting older, so she wouldn't hear it. Jake Wagner, one of the members of the family, said, And then it followed us here. No, I have not told Sophia her mommy was killed slash murdered. That would be too much for her to handle right now. She knows her mommy is visiting with Jesus and lives in her heart whenever she needs her. (laughs) I did this for her best interest, he wrote. So the family in question consisted of George Washington III, who went by Billy, Angela, Jake, and George Washington Wagner IV, who went by George. (laughs) Yes. This is just a lot of George Washingtons. It's two. Yeah. Somebody, there's a George Washington the first, there's a George Washington the second, third and fourth. Wow. Yeah. So Billy Wagner, Angela, Jake, and George Wagner, basically. But I couldn't not include their full names for obvious reasons. Correct. (laughs) Correct. So as it turns out, two-year-old Sophie, who, if you'll remember, was the daughter of Hannah Mae, who had been found dead with her mother, Dana, and her brother, Chris Jr. Sophie was also the daughter of Jake Wagner. Does that make sense? So the little girl was the daughter of... Jake Wagner. Yep. 
son of George Washington III. <laughs> okay. The four-year-old baby was in the house, but the two-year-old daughter was with her father that night. Right. So yes. she was with She's her father, Jake, yes, okay. and his family. Convenient. Yeah. And so not only had the Wagners moved themselves to Alaska after their in-laws were murdered, they took little Sophie away from all of her dead mother's remaining family members in the aftermath of losing her mother, uncle, maternal grandmother, and multiple other family members. But it gets better. So 13-year-old, 13-year-old Hannah May met 17-year-old Jake Wagner in August of 2010 but it wasn't love at first sight as Hannah Mae apparently annoyed Jake because she tortured him with stories about her pet rabbit. <laughs> but eventually his annoyance turned to affection because by the end of the year, he'd asked Chris senior for permission to date his daughter. And Chris senior agreed as long as someone was always present as a chaperone, whenever they hung out. So the two started dating, but whoever was tasked with chaperoning the young couple did a terrible job because by the time Hannah Mae was 15, she was already pregnant with their daughter, mm -hmm. Sophie. Before little Sophie was even born, Jake and Hannah Mae started arguing over who she would live with. And in one text exchange, Hannah Mae said, quote, I'm not telling you anything when I go into labor. You can find out yourself. Not by me. If she comes and you're not there, that is your own problem. To which Jake responded, I done told you she is living with me. Now you can live with us or not. That's your choice. And yes, I did want her. You just want me to wait until you didn't have to say, oh, daddy, can I take my kid to the doctor or am I grounded? And I love you, but I don't care if she's a baby or not. There are people that have sock minds, supposed to be sick minds. So there will be no naked photos at all. If you don't want a onesie, she can wear a dipper cover, meaning diaper cover. Mm -hmm. So obviously he doesn't want her them to take newborn photos of her naked she needs to wear a dipper cover or a onesie right and hannah may responded she's not living with you her crib etc is at my house i paid for half the crib it's mine all of her clothes are here except for a select little bit so it seems they were able to eventually reconcile their differences enough to live together at the wagner home so they could raise their daughter together but that ended in early 2015 when hannah may left jake and moved out they agreed to joint custody, and Sophie spent every other week with her parents. But tensions were high between the families, and Hannah Mae was in near-constant arguments with Jake and his mother, Angela. Eventually, the Wagners insisted that they should receive full custody of Sophie, and Hannah Mae responded via text that they would have to kill her before she'd mm -hmm. sign over full custody of her daughter. And detectives began to wonder if that's exactly what happened. Stop killing people for their custody of children i don't know how these stories find me in multiples but if you were a patreon supporter i covered a crazy story this last weekend that is so similar to this one yeah what do this people one, think is gonna and it was happen? also in ohio I, yes just, <laughs> yeah this you one can't is just like change all of the names to George Washington and expect the people not to notice that you're just covering the same case. <laughs> <laughs> it's like deja vu, Courtney. Like, wow. well, and then there were eight of them. They killed eight people. Yeah. So one right? person. No, I was uh, the further I got into this, I was like, that's whoops. <laughs> no, it's totally not a problem. It's just what? Why? Why, why do people think that this is how we <sighs> should? I don't know. Get through de uh, custody disputes. 
Yeah, they're definitely thinking in the best interest of the child, though. So well, clearly, clearly, obviously, obviously. yeah, because what a child needs is to have their entire one side of their family just gone, massacred overnight. Yeah, no, they're gonna be like, "Baby girl, we did this for you. Yeah, we did this for you." Like, you know, thank you so much. Thank you. I really didn't need to know my mother, uncle, other uncle, grandmother, grandfather, everybody. Yeah. So many people. Yep. So detectives searched the property that the Wagners had lived on before they moved to Alaska, as well as Billy's mother's property. At the Wagners' previous residence, they collected hundreds of shell casings and determined that some of them had been fired from a gun that had been used at two of the four scenes of the Roden family's murders. And so they became the main suspects in the massacre. Detectives obtained warrants to tap the family's phones, and put listening devices in their vehicles. Police spent a lot of time in Alaska around that time. Imagine you're already dealing with eight murders. No. And then the suspects live in Alaska. So you're no. having to like travel and coordinate with the FBI, local police. Ugh, God. No, no. I would have given up when I had to watch for Velcro shoes at Walmart. That <laughs> like, would be the end of the investigation for me. Definitely cartels, case closed. Yeah. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by our friends at HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Whether your resolution is to save money, eat better, or stress less, HelloFresh is here to help you do all three. Say hello to your most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes at a price you'll like, delivered right to your door. Make saving time your breeziest resolution with quick, convenient recipes delivered right to you. Just choose your meals and select your delivery date. HelloFresh handles the meal planning and shopping, so all you have to do is open your weekly box of pre-portioned ingredients and step-by-step -step recipes to get cooking. One of my favorite things about HelloFresh these days is that I don't have to go to the grocery store. We've been getting the family meals lately, and my kids love them. There was a delicious soup that we had with potatoes and chicken and the best mushroom broth I have ever had. We also had turkey and cheese pinwheels in a tortilla that my kids absolutely loved. We also just wanted to mention real quick that Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh. I think you've heard us do some ads for Green Chef in the past. And now with a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there's something for everyone. I personally love switching between the brands. The flavors are similar, but also unique in their own ways. And all of them are delicious. And now our listeners can enjoy both brands at a discount, which is awesome. So go to HelloFresh.com slash theywillfree and use code theywillfree for free breakfast for life. You heard me right. One breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash theywillfree with code theywillfree. Do it. You won't regret it. So they spent a lot of time in Alaska and the Wagners also traveled back to Ohio on occasion because Millie, Billy's mother, Frederica, still lived in the area. And so they were surveilled 
but they could barely hear anything in the devices planted into the vehicles because the road and engine noises were too loud. So they weren't helpful in the investigation. They did intercept some suspicious phone conversations, but nothing concrete enough to lead to arrests of any of the Wagners. Detectives also created fake Facebook accounts to try to lure information out of the Wagners, but the family never let anything slip. And so that was another dead end. (laughs) They continued to work and over time collected more than 1,100 tips from the public, held 500 interviews, tested over 700 pieces of evidence, and secured 200 subpoenas, search warrants, and court orders, making it the most extensive case in Ohio history. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yep. Detectives then interviewed the Wagners directly. I think that they had, obviously, previously, but they intercepted Angela at one point. But all four members of the family told the same story, that they had loved Hannah Mae like a blood relative, and that they were all happy with the amount of custody that they had. So things were just fine between their family and the Roden family. Hmm. Sounds likely. Good, great. Case dismissed because you're free to go. Angela specifically said that she had a great relationship with Hannah Mae and her mother, Dana, who was Sophie's other grandmother. But the Ohio BCI were able to access records from Angela's computer that started to paint a very different picture. Mm. It's so convenient when all of the like all of the people you're talking about are dead, have been murdered. Yeah. Take our word for it. Take our word for it. Everything was just fine. They found that she had been intercepting and reading Hannah May's messages to other people for months before oh, no. she was murdered. Mm-hmm. Many of these messages referred to custody of her daughter, Sophie, and mentioned whether or not she was going to sign over custody if she was seeking a lawyer and her relationship with Sophie's father, Jake, and his family. They also found papers in the Wagner's home that stated that Jake would receive sole custody of Sophie in the event that anything happened to Hannah Mae, which had been signed by Hannah Mae and Angela's mother, Rita Newcomb, who was a notary public. Those papers were dated December of 2014, which was when Sophie would have been a year old and Hannah Mae still lived in the Wagner home. Hmm. But then whoops-a-daisy, the Wagners didn't notice that the printer had also printed the date of when the documents had actually been printed. Oh, no. (laughs) Which was roughly three weeks before the murders. Oh, isn't that convenient? Isn't that convenient? And thank you, printer, for doing that. (sighs) Thank you, timestamp setting that you didn't turn off. That's amazing. When police presented the documents to Angela and told her they'd found them on her property, she claimed that she wasn't really sure what they were and didn't remember them being signed. Oh, and this is Sophie's grandmother, correct? Jake's correct. mom? Jake's okay. mom. Bingo. You got it. I got it. I'm here. They were like, well, that's all well and good, but how do you explain the receipt we found for two pairs of men's shoes that were purchased at Walmart two weeks before the murder that matched the bloody footprint found on the scene or the security footage of you leaving the Walmart on the day you made the purchase? Booyah is what, how they ended that. Yeah, they did. Got you now, George Washington's. <laughs> George Washington's wife. Her response was initially that she thought her father-in-law owned, owned a similar pair. They're like, have you ever seen these? She's like, oh, yeah, I think George Washington the, the second, the second <laughs> owns those. But then when they showed her the image of her purchasing them, she said, 
uh, I don't think that those could be those, but they were. Mm. Mm-hmm. Then she claimed that there was no way they had been the same shoe because they were old man shoes and her family would never wear them. Oh. And then when they confronted her again of the photo with the photo of her purchasing them, she said that she'd thrown them away. <laughs> and so the detectives were like, oh, so you do remember buying them? And she was like, well, yeah, they needed shoes. So I bought them, but then they wouldn't wear them because they were old man shoes. So I threw them away. Uh-huh. Case dismissed. Done. Yeah. yeah. They also found a homemade silencer at the bottom of a well on the Wagner's property, which was the nail in the coffin for the family and would explain how they were able to shoot the victims without other members of the family in the same household hearing the gunshots and fighting back. God. Yep. They also found that items used to massacre the Roden family had been purchased by multiple members of the Wagner family. And so on November 13th, 2018, police arrested Billy Angela, George, and Jake Wagner and charged them with planning and carrying out the murders as well as conspiracy, engaging in a pattern of corrupt activity, aggravated burglary, tempering with evidence, obstruction of justice, and forgery, among other charges. I looked at the the document of all of their charges. It's like 1,500 pages. Oh my God. Of just their charges. They each had like 22 (laughs) or 23 charges. That's what happens when you come together and murder eight people. Yep. Billy's mother, Frederica Wagner, and Angela's mother, Rita Newcomb, were also arrested for perjury and obstructing justice. Rita was also charged with forgery, but later testified that Angela had stolen her notary stamp and asked her to lie for her after the fact. Frederica was charged because police had found bulletproof vests in her home that they assumed had been worn during the killings, but she was able to provide receipts proving that she'd purchased them after the murders to protect her family. I think the charges against both of them were completely dismissed eventually. And five years after eight members of the Wagner family were murdered in cold blood, Jake Wagner pled guilty to all of the 23 charges against him. Wow. Apparently because his grandmother pressured him to tell the truth. Wow. He was like, well, it's just the right thing to do. And God sent me a sign <laughs> for real. And apparently they wow. called him like Pastor Wagner in, in prison and stuff. Weird. Uh, so weird. I also read that he bonked his head horribly twice as a child. So no one would mm-hmm. be surprised to hear that. So he told authorities that he would tell the full story of what happened on that awful night and testify against his parents and brother if needed if they would waive the death penalty and the prosecution agreed. Yeah, I bet they did. He told police that he and his brother had purchased a 2010 black GMC pickup truck and created a false bed in the back that they could hide in as they pulled up to each victim's home. Billy made arrangements to meet Chris Sr. on the night he was murdered, not knowing that Jake and George would be hiding in the truck and waiting to attack him. Ugh. Billy then lured Chris to his porch and asked him to call his Billy's cell phone because he couldn't find it, knowing full well he'd left his at home to help build his alibi. Does that make sense? Yes, I think so. I'm still trying to put together who all the victims are. Yeah. So Chris, I don't know if it matters too much to the story, but Chris is Sophie's grandfather. Chris is Hannah Mae's father. Okay. Dana is Hannah Mae's mother and Sophie's grandmother. So Chris okay. and Dana had 
divorced. Chris was right. living in a different location. So so they started at Chris's house. They still. Yeah. So Billy okay. called Chris and said, hey, I'm going to come over and whatever. And then once he got there, I'm sure he answered the door and Billy was like, you know what, do you, would you mind calling my cell phone? I can't find it, which is brilliant because then it showed that Chris called Billy's cell phone that uh, night. That's, that is really And smart. Billy's cell phone was at home. So they also removed several security cameras from Chris's property and the surrounding properties. And Jake and George wore the sneakers Angela had purchased at Walmart, as well as dark clothes and face masks. Police made a public statement that claimed that the Wagners had studied the Roden family for months in advance and had become so acquainted with their routines that they were able to sneak into their homes in the middle of the night, execute most of them while they slept, and clean up a significant amount of evidence before moving on to their next victim. (laughs) Jake claimed that he'd killed five of the eight victims and had managed to shoot Chris Sr., but that Billy also shot Chris Sr., and was the one who killed Gary Roden. <laughs> I am just, I can't believe this story is real. I know. I know. Yep. And I thought I'd included this, but obviously I didn't. Billy got Chris out onto the porch and then the boys started shooting. Well, Jake started shooting from the bed of a truck. <sighs> that's why he was killed on the porch and then dragged through the house. Jake claimed he'd then walked to Frankie and Hannah's home and snuck in through an open window when he was unable to pry open the front door and then shot them while they slept in their bed. All three men entered the home where Dana, Hannah Mae, and Chris Jr. lived through an unlocked door, and Jake killed all three members of the family. They then drove to Kenneth's home, and once there, Billy entered the trailer, shot Kenneth, and then left. Mm They'd gifted the truck that they'd driven that night to a family member the next day, and she immediately registered it in her name, and so it was never registered or linked to the Wagners in any way. God, I don't want to give them too much credit, but they really... They really did. Took some time to think about this. They really did. Months to think about it. That's so fucked up. Yeah, so fucked up. Jake and George hid the guns used to kill the rodents in a large hole on their property and then relocated them to cement-filled buckets along with ammunition and a knife that were then submerged in water and used to anchor a goose hut. I don't know what that is, but they had given their grandfather for his birthday. You don't know what a goose hut is? I don't even know what this is called, actually. <laughs> Just put goose. is like a goose. Yeah, goose something. Weird. Goose box. I'm assuming it's like a place for geese to nest so that you can then hunt them. I don't know, but brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Of so course, smart. put the guns in cement and use them as anchors. Of course, do that. Note to self. Seriously. Ugh. Horrible. Detectives were able to retrieve these buckets and found all of the weapons and ammunition inside. Also, imagine being the guy that's like, oh, my God, I got to archaeologically excavate guns yeah. from a block of cement. Are you fucking that's kidding so me? so much work. They're like, give it to the Walmart footage guy. Yeah. <laughs> so they also burned their clothes and other evidence they'd collected from the crime scenes, as well as electronics, which lined up with the burn pit the police had found on their property. Based on Jake's confessions, Angela Wagner also agreed to a plea deal and confirmed that she had helped plan the murders, 
but didn't take part in them on the night of, and she was given 30 years in prison without the possibility of parole. Billy and George pled not guilty, and George went to trial in 2022, despite his defense's pleas to have his charges reduced since he hadn't killed any of the victims, according to Jake and George. Mm-hmm. Quote, George cannot help that he was born into the Wagner family, but that also doesn't make him a murderer. But the prosecution was like, it hardly matters in a case like this. Right. And so trial went ahead. George actually took the stand in his own defense and claimed that he hadn't participated in the murders and had been in bed by 10 p.m. that night and was unaware Um. that his father and brother had left the home to execute eight members of the Roden family while they slept. I don't believe him. Nighty night. Okay. <laughs> Yawn. All right. I'm going to bed. Night, mm-hmm. Nighty night. Now that Duck Bill Dynasty or whatever is over, it's time for me to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> what was it called? Duck Family Dynasty. Duck, duck, duck Bill Dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> Does everyone know that the Duck Bill Dynasty family is like a yuppie, white, mm-hmm. clean cut family from Boston? Is that public knowledge? I, th- I think so, but maybe not. Yep. I think it's, du- it's just Duck Dynasty. Right? Yes. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> it's just Duck Dynasty. <laughs> yeah. It should be Duck Bill Dynasty. <laughs> Nobody asked us. <laughs> well, once it was over, once they'd watched their fill of Duck Bill Dynasty for the night, Georgie tucked himself into bed and read all the presidents from 1st to 45th <laughs> in a row <laughs> while crying. And then uh-huh. we just fell right to sleep like he does every night. Right. So the footprints on the scene showed that he had been in the home of Chris Sr. and Dana Roden. And so he had likely participated in some way. And Jake's testimony matched the location and direction of the footprint that would have been left by George. Because Jake Mm -hmm. was like, he came in here. He stood here. They were like, yep, we found the footprints there. But Jake did say he didn't kill anyone he was there to like support his brother so according to jake he and his father billy had been the ones to come up with the plot to kill hannah may and her family and then billy orchestrated the crimes and delegated some tasks to his wife to complete beforehand angela was convinced that a member or members of hannah may's family were very dangerous and were abusing sophie she, which is, ugh, God, every time it's like, if you want to get full custody, you're just going to pretend like the other family is abusing the baby. Yep. She claimed that Sophie's crotch would be, quote, very red with a horrible smell and that her behavior would change after spending time with the rodents. Mm. Did she report this in any way? No, because she doesn't trust authority. She doesn't trust the system. She would never do that. She's just going to massacre eight people. That's the first, that's the next step. Don't investigate it in any way. No, just go. Don't have any conversations. Just kill every potential Mm -hmm. person that could take custody of your grandchild and problem solved. So she also claimed that Sophie started putting things into her her own diaper and said that, quote, Chris put stuff in there for bubblegum. So meaning like Chris and... She didn't know if it was Chris Sr. or Chris Jr. Right. Would put stuff in her diapers in exchange, would give her bubblegum. When they confronted Hannah Mae about this and insisted she give them full custody to protect Sophie, and she refused, 
They decided they had no choice but to eliminate the problem at hand and any potential problems down the road. Or any witnesses or anybody who could testify against them or anybody who could take custody of Sophie. Yes. Yes. Jake suggested they murder Hannah Mae and her new boyfriend and stage it to look like a murder-suicide, but the rest of his family said that they'd have to kill all of the immediate family members, including her father, Chris Sr., and her older brother, Frankie, and her uncle, Kenneth, because they would all suspect and point the finger at Jake. Mm -hmm. The rest of the family members were all just collateral damage. They were just, oh my God. just killed because they were there. Yep. The Wagners also commingled their finances, and Angela had used George's credit cards to purchase items for the murders, so it was unlikely that George was unaware that they were planning them. Mm -hmm. On top of that, one of the items Angela had purchased was a $700 cell phone jammer and bug detector from China, and it had been flagged by the bank, who had then called George to confirm he'd made the purchase. And he said, yes, of course I have. It's totally fine. George's ex-wife, Tabitha, testified that she'd also had a rough time with the Wagner family and claimed that she'd escaped them by running from the home while Angela tried to find her shotgun to shoot oh, her. my God. Yes. The Wagners had succeeded in convincing Tabitha to sign over full custody of the son that she shared with George. Why oh, don't you man. guess why don't you guess the name of the son? George George Washington. No, that would be oh. the that one would assume that George Washington Wagner the fourth would name his son George Washington Wagner the fifth. You're never gonna guess in one trillion years this child's name. <laughs> just give one more guess, just just in case. Um just honestly think of it. George any, Foreman. Oh, that would be great. No, their son's name is Bolvine. Bolvine. Bolvine? Bolvine. Bolvine. B-O-L-V-I-N-E. Bolvine. Is that a real word? I don't. Bolvine. Bolvine. Yep. Wow. You're yeah. right. That's <laughs> not something you can guess. Ever. Bolvine. I can't even say it. It's not a word. I looked it up. You did? I, yes. I oh. Googled bovine Wagner, blah, blah, blah. And it kept changing it to bovine. And eventually I've read enough articles and court documents that mentioned bovine. It says their son is named bovine. <laughs> so Tabitha was convinced to sign over custody of Bolvine, full custody of Bolvine, and she had counseled Hannah Mae to not make the same mistake with Sophie. Once in Alaska, Jake had also married a woman named Elizabeth, who had also testified that she'd fled the family in fear. Jesus, yep. don't marry into that family. Obviously not. Jake testified that his family was no stranger to illegal activity, and his parents had taught him skills like quote, burning buildings on their property to collect insurance money, stealing trailers full of goods, breaking into vending machines, shoplifting, stealing vehicles, picking locks, and selling fake doodle puppies. <sighs> <laughs> to top it all off, Billy was a doomsday prepper who taught the family survival skills and had buried water and food on their property in the event of the apocalypse, the impending apocalypse. Mm. Angela testified that she had stayed home with Sophie and Bullvine on the night of the murders, 
and texted a friend of her son's to create an alibi for them from their phones. She said that when they returned the next morning, quote, I was glad I had seen all three of them and that no one was hurt. Oh, God, shut your face. Honey, so many people are hurt. Endless (laughs) people are hurt. She did not ask who killed whom or how. She said, quote, I just didn't want to know the details. Well, shut up. I'm sure you didn't. At the end of her testimony, she said, quote, I have regret. I have remorse. I'm more than sorry, but that's not enough. She was a baby and she was my family. No. Yeah, no, you don't. You are sad you got caught and shut your mouth. You wanted that baby. You wanted Sophie and you didn't care about the baby. That was your daughter-in-law, the 19-year-old child that you murdered in cold blood along with her entire family. It's just so you're You had a four-day-old infant. Yes. Let's not forget. Yep. And your son started having sex with her when she was 13 and he was 17. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. That's a problem. It's all a big fucking problem. So in the end, George Washington Wagner IV was convicted of all 22 charges against him. Good. And sentenced to eight consecutive life sentences for the eight lives he assisted in taking. Wow. Members of the victim's families started clapping as the sentence was read. (sighs) Hannah Gilley's mother read a statement that said, quote, I pray to God that your son learns what kind of a monster that you really are and never wants anything to do with you. I pray for that. I pray for you not to live. I want you to die just like you and your family did. My baby girl, Hannah Hazel Gilly. The devil always hunts in the dark, just like you did, George Wagner, with your evil family in one night on April 21st and 22nd. Wow. Chelsea Robinson, who was the mother of Frankie's first child, read a letter from her nine-year-old son, which asked, why did you kill my daddy? Oh, my God. Tony Roden the brother of victims, Chris Sr. and Kenneth, read from a statement from their mother, Geneva Roden, that said, quote, George Wagner, you are still breathing. My two sons, they are not breathing. My grandchildren are not breathing. They are all children left behind. I just like to see some justice. But Tony Roden also conveyed another emotional moment about how the family took in the children of both Jake and George Wagner for Christmas a month after they were arrested in November of 2018. Wait, say that again? So the Rodens, after Jake and George were arrested, the Rodens took their children in for Christmas because they didn't have any parents or grandparents left because they'd killed half of them and then they got arrested. And Uh. so the remaining Rodens took Sophie and Bolvine uh-uh. In for Christmas, yes. When Jake Wagner pled guilty to avoid the death sentence, it was in exchange for eight consecutive life terms without parole, plus more than 100 years for the sentences on all the other charges. Wow. And I don't know if I mentioned it, but George Washington Sr. is not gone to trial yet, but I'm assuming he will get the same sentences yeah. as everyone yeah. else. But yeah. yeah. That, my darlings is the bullshit that is the Pike County killing spree, the massacre of the Roden family. Oh, my God. The most cockamamie, selfish, misguided, horrendous, heinous shit that I have heard in a very long time. Seriously. And we have heard some shit. It's happening? I just... I know. I know. There's so many people. Yep. 
It's so gross. And it's so like militia and militaristic. It's like, nope, we're just going to have to take them all out. So we're just going to have to take them all out. Ballistic was strategic about this. I have a buddy who taught me many sniper skills. And so, right. you know, ugh. Ugh. just put your energies anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Spend that time doing any, literally anything else. Yeah. Or just Go. a positive relationship with your daughter-in-law who's still Seriously. also a child and needs guidance and love. But no, instead you're just going to go after her, forge documents and just attack her and claim her family is abusing your granddaughter and on and on and on. You didn't protect her in the first place when your 17 year old son was preying upon her. Right. So there's that. Oh, get your shit together, people. Seriously. Oh, man. It's that. really not that hard to not kill eight members of a family in one night. No, no. It's really not that hard to have a positive relationship with your in-laws. I have it. Uh, I mean, uh, what? Yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. just unbelievable. Nope. And no. it's so recent. Very. And those poor, poor everybody's yeah. over there. I'm so sorry. That's... Oh, it's chilling. Yep. And just have a bunch of George Washingtons that killed your family. <sighs> no. Stop it. It. Really, it really feels like a Tarantino movie. Yeah. I hate it. I do too. <laughs> oh, there's Decoldest. Uh, he's trying to escape. I'm so sorry, Decoldest. He's a climber, man. God, he's just like sticking to the glass. He's all the way up at the very tippy top. He wants out so bad. Yeah. But I'm so scared. I don't. I, re- I researched it, and geckos can't survive that cold. Mm. Buddy, I'll set you free in two days. I promise. He's so unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> Poor buddy. Uh, we promised the people some shouty outies, so let's give the yes. people. We'll save name time for next week, and here you go. Shout some outs. Yeah, up here. And I also just want to say thank you for hanging in there with me last week while I cried through the whole episode of our last episode. <laughs> it's a number of people, though, including my wife. So Laura's like, I just sobbed through the whole thing, too. So you were not alone. That one I, really hit people in the sads. Yes, I'm glad. I'm not glad. I'm sorry. But I also made me feel a little better that it wasn't just some thing that I was experiencing for no reason. I knew it was sad, but... Anyway, we just, yeah. we tell so many sad stories. So many worth yeah. crying our way through. Like the one we just and told, but luckily exactly George Washington to distract us. Right, right. I appreciate it. I also have been listening to a podcast called Suave, mm. which is about a man who was convicted of killing a 13-year-old. He was 17 and he was convicted of killing a 13-year-old or 14-year-old and was sentenced to life mm. in prison. So it's following his story. He's eventually let out after serving 30 years. Oh, my God. And they were talking about the recidivism rates of minors. Yeah. Sentenced to life. Those that are let out, there's a 1% rate of them reoffending. Wow. Holy shit. 1%. I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm not either. And they were saying even those that have killed. Yeah. It's just usually such a blip. It's a thing that happened. It wasn't not necessarily premeditated, mm-hmm. you know, especially in, in in Suave's case, it was gang more gang related. Mm-hmm. And the children are the ones that are used a lot of times in drug dealing. And it, it was just really interesting. Yeah. But 1%. 
I'm not surprised at all. Not at all. Because, yeah, it's always, like you said, kids are used. They end up in the wrong situation. They don't have proper care or people who are not available to keep an eye on them because they are trying Mm -hmm. to survive and keep their family alive or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or they just make a dumb decision or they get angry and do something stupid or who knows. Yeah, it's like the number of young people that we can think of that we've covered or heard about or read about or known personally that are quote unquote bad kids. Are you kidding me? They're children. Right. Yep. I think that people forgive you for crying and I think that's appropriate and good. And it's really good, good to feel those emotions when they are appropriate, yes. which is yes. every single episode. So it's, it's good. We don't just have a full cry up show that just where we just right, cry all the, the time. whole time because mm-hmm. we should and could. hard to listen to. Yeah. yeah. But it comes out sometimes and it's really sad. So. Very sad. Well, you know what's not sad? Our Patreon supporters. If you would like more episodes, a whole shit ton more episodes, like 170 of them, you can give us $5 a month, as little as $5 a month. You can give us more. If you give us more, you get better goodies and you get a whole shit ton of episodes, all of them ad-free There's also an option to be a $1 Patreon supporter to get these episodes ad-free. Yes, you don't get the bonus episodes for a dollar, but you can get these episodes ad-free for $1 on our Patreon. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much to Joy M. Joy M. In the eternity of ecstasy. Join me and joy in it. You will never believe how beautiful it is with me enjoying eternity, just chilling and being so cool and being full of love for each other. Cause joy is the most beautifulest one. She is full of bravery and also fun have you ever (laughs) met someone who is brave and fun at the same time that's somebody you want to hang with because they will crack you up and then kick ass for you that is joy m she is that one she is also super stylish so you feel like stepping out Getting out and about with Joy <laughs> Thank you, Joy M. Thank you. Also known as Joy Also known as Joy Join me. <laughs> I wish I knew where this next listener lived because her name is a lovely. It's Lara and then it's I. So Lara I. Uh-huh. But it's one of those with so many consonants and diphthongs and so maybe german maybe icelandic from iceland yes up north somewhere yeah scandinavian switzerland so thank you so much to lara i lara that is how I feel when I hear the name Laura I and I come into my body. <laughs> Puts 
puts me back on earth. When I hear the name Laura I, it makes me want to cry out. I am powerful. I am mighty. Laura I is Aphrodite. She's the goddess on the mount that everyone tries to tear her down, but she's the goddess of love and the goddess of badassness. Laura I. <laughs> Can touch the sky with her boundless beauty, boundless intelligence and charisma. Laura, I I cannot deny that you have enchanted all of us. Laura, I must be free to fly. Don't hold her back. It's pointless. She is boundless and effervescent infin infinite and hot <laughs> yeah thank you laura I. thank you so much to Susanna a e fuck yeah <laughs> Susanna a e e e e everybody comes out and does the flash mob to Susanna <laughs> the people say when they see her, they start to crotch, chop their crotches and turn a circle around Susanna and say, <laughs> they serenade her because they love her. They think that there's no one above her. And they, I just triggered Siri, so just give me one second. <laughs> To close the series that I accidentally <laughs> triggered. But even... Siri wants to be a part of it too. That's exactly what I was about to say. Even AI technology can't resist Susanna and... Okay. Chat GPT, if you type in listen, what is the most beautiful and magnificent person that the world has ever seen? It starts just a string of swears because we're so stupid to not know it's obviously <laughs> Susanna. She's so great that she makes Chat GPT swear at you abusively. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much to Claire D. I declare D. I cannot be scared of the presence of Claire D. Even though I am intimidated to be in the presence of Claire D. Because it's clear to me that Claire D is so powerfully graceful and uh, humble but also intimidating i might stumble in her presence <laughs> but not because she's unkind or bullyish only because it's blinding the beautyness it's overwhelming the way she glides through life and is un Phased and fearless. Claire D, clearly you are the one who we all need to look to for the future. <laughs> 
Clary, Clary, Clary is our one and only. She will be it. Trust me dearly. I would <laughs> never steer thee wrong. <laughs> last but not uh, least. Yes, last but not All least. Right. Thank you so much to Ashley H. Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Hey, Ashley. Why do you cry, Ashley? Ashley, there's wipe your tears. There's no reason for them here, my dear. You are just fine. You are better than that, if I'm being honest. Ashley, you should see how you look through our eyes. We love thee so much. It's almost frightening how much you affect us. We get shy and stutter when you walk by because... You make our hearts turn to peanut butter. <laughs> Everyone loves peanut butter. I it's peanut the butter. perfect food. It's protein filled and yummy. And you are stunning. You are graceful. You are chic. And you should face the fact that we all feel that way yesterday, tomorrow, and forever. We love you guys so much. Yeah, Thank you, we love you so, so much. Much for being here. Seriously, we can't thank you enough. Yeah, we will continue to try. It's weird and it's <laughs> fucking amazing. It's amazing. It really is. And if you want to spend more time with us, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at They Will Kill. You can go to our website, theywillkill.com. You can email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. And that's all. That's all you can do with us. Those are the only things you can do. Yep. Thank you, AJ Bergens, for your music. Thank you so much, Age. You can rate, review, and subscribe to us. And also remember. And also remember. I think that it, here's just a call to action. If you, there's something that you want to do, but it sounds hard because transitions are hard for you and change is hard for you. And it's hard for you to get all your shit in order to go and do it. Just do it. Yeah. You won't regret it. Because yeah. then you find yourself in your besties airstream with a gecko co-host and bebop breakfast and chickens crowing outside and you're about to get on your bike and ride to Cafe du Monde to meet some of your best friends for coffee and beignets. And that's a beautiful thing. And you just deserve to do those things and you should go do them and you won't regret it. I know it's hard. Trust me. Even if it's something you want to do, it can still be very hard, but... You deserve to do it and you will not regret it once you're there. Mm -hmm. Nope. Just take the first step and see what happens. Exactly. Say yes. Let's all say yes this week. Say, say yes to something that you didn't think you could do and then tell us what it was and how it turned out. We love you so much. We do. We'll see you real soon. See you real soon. Gorgy. Gorgies. Okay. You can unleash your panty drawstring. Story's over. <laughs> Oof. Phew. That's the sound of my panties on floorling. <laughs> ka-chunk, ka-chunk, ka-chunk. That's what. <laughs> <laughs>
We love you guys. We love you so much. See you later. Goodbye. Goodbye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.